ladies, welcome to episode 258 of Canada's Pinball Podcast Special Labor Day Edition Pirates of the Caribbean Review. Alright, I'm going to stop talking like an idiot, but I actually have a tale of two podcasts because I recorded one earlier today. I went back and I listened to it and it kept making this like clipping sound, so I decided to scrap it. I was sitting in my apartment and I said, you know, I've got the day off. Let me go down to Smokehouse Barbecue in New York City and let me play Pirates of the Caribbean. I knew the game was down there. I asked uh, Al, who set the game up, where it was. I went down there about an hour ago and I played about for 45 minutes of Pirates of the Caribbean. And I want to give my opinions about the game now that I've spent a good amount of time on it. Now, here, were, here was the environment I got to play it in. It was upstairs in this bar. Downstairs, there were all these people having drinks. It was kind of happy hour time on a Friday holiday weekend. Upstairs, there was two pinball machines that were both turned off in the back, and there was nobody upstairs. There was a Mustang and a Pirates of the Caribbean. And I asked the guy working up there if he could turn on the pinball machine. I explained to him that I had a pinball podcast, and I was looking forward to reviewing this game. When I said that, he just looked at me, turned around, and walked away. Didn't even acknowledge any of that. Okay, so I was able to jump on Pirates of the Caribbean, and I brought my headphones with me even though I didn't need them because the bar was empty upstairs and I plugged in and I, and I wanted to see what my experience with Pirates of the Caribbean would be like. And before I plunged, I went on to that pin side thread where the guy is trying to explain how simple the rules to Pirates of the Caribbean are. And I'm not going to lie to you. About four or five paragraphs into his rule set explanation, I gave up. I, I just, I literally don't think pinball machines should require a long tutorial on what to do in the game. You should be able to stand over a machine and start to f- visually figure out what is going on in the game. So, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to give you guys the complete, unfiltered, un- like, review of the game. And you know that all pinball reviews uh, are you're incapable of having some level of bias. Now, I went into this game feeling that uh, the game was complex, feeling that there's so much going on, and I'm going to go through what 45 minutes of Pirates of the Caribbean felt like, and there's some good, there's some bad, and there's some ugly. So let me start with the good. This was a limited edition game. It was game number 230. Uh And I'll say this, when you walk up to the game and all the lights are going and all the inserts are changing colors, there's full RGB, uh, you've got the LCD screen, Jersey Jack machines are visually stunning when you walk up to them. There's just absolutely no denying that. The game pulls you in visually almost like no other game. It's it's that spectacular to walk up to. Uh, when When you plunge the ball... The music is great. I mean, we all were worried that they didn't get the official Disney licensed music, uh, but I think the soundtrack of this game is absolutely incredible. I, it, it feels like I'm playing Pirates of the Caribbean. And I actually don't mind that they only have the one individual doing all the call-outs in the game. You know, he's got that sort of piratey voice, and it, it helps, you know, it helps bring the theme to life very, very nicely. Um, okay. 
So those are the things that I, I thought were really nice. I have to say, just from a cosmetic standpoint, uh, the limited edition and, and it just doesn't feel special artistically on the outside at all. And, and what I mean by that, it's got the most pedestrian armor I think I've ever seen on a limited edition machine. It, it's not colorful. It's not powder coated. There's nothing about it that feels special. And if we think about, you know, the, the Emerald City Wizard of Oz and the Ruby Reds and, and the, the Smaug Gold Editions, there's just something about Pirates of the Caribbean Limited Edition that just feels like a standard edition game. And, and there was no topper on the game, but you've all probably seen the Pirates of the Caribbean topper by now. It is also a, a nothing to write home about. It, it's a very, very pedestrian and boring topper that they've put on top of the game. And, and I don't know, part of me feels like this is probably the worst limited edition package that Jersey Jack has ever released. I, I think the other games uh, were, were much more um, colorful and had a lot more pop. And, and, and I mean that when you look at the armor and you look at the apron, and you look at stuff in the game, it, it just feels like a standard edition. Anyway, all right, moving on from there. I have to say, I, I, I don't know how to exactly do this review, so what I, what, what I want to do is, is pull up my notes. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is this, is after about, the, on the first plunge of the game, something broke on the game. And the thing that broke first, and, and if you guys follow me on Facebook, uh, I, I uploaded a YouTube, or sorry, I uploaded a Facebook Live video of what happened to the game. So the first thing that happened on the very sort of like first ball I had, uh, it hit one of the slingshots, and the slingshot hammer sort of popped through the rubber. And so it, it, it was stuck outside of the slingshot rubber. And so that actually made the game easier to play because the right slingshot was pretty much taken out of action. The other thing that happened, three things went wrong in this game as I was playing it. So that happened. Uh, the next thing that just never seemed to work right was the trunk. The trunk kept having an issue locking the ball. It literally, every time the ball would go up, about 50% of the time, the ball would go up the trunk, you know, the ball goes down the left of the trunk, and it's supposed to stop there. But what was happening is the ball's velocity was causing the ball to sort of squeeze out of the left side of the trunk, and then eventually it would just pop out, and it wouldn't lock the ball. So the, the trunk lock mechanism uh, was also having issues. And the third thing that went wrong, which actually froze my game for a while was the lockdown bar button just got stuck down completely. And it's still stuck down now. There, there, it, it, there, was, there was, um, I don't, it was sticky at first, and then eventually it just stayed stuck down. Now, it was really unfortunate that this was my first experience with Pirates because uh, these are things you could probably fix quite easily if you pop the glass off. But again, it goes to show that when you have these games on location and they've got all these mechanisms, uh, things can go wrong. And when one thing goes wrong, another thing can go wrong. And all of a sudden, you know, the game is inoperable. And, and, and in these kind of situations where the bar doesn't really have uh, knowledge of how to fix pinball machines, it's kind of unfortunate that, that this occurred. Okay, so I was still able to play tons of games, and I played a lot of games even with the right slingshot being the way it was. And I want to give you my experience of what it's like to play Pirates of the Caribbean. And, and look, take this with a grain of salt. This is my review. This is my personal review of Pirates of the Caribbean from Jersey Jack Pinball. Okay, let me start from the beginning. 
when you select your character, I think having 22 characters to choose from is absolutely idiotic. And, and, and it was idiotic when I got up in front of the machine. Because imagine you're playing with four guys on location and you have to sit there while someone reads through 22 different benefits for characters in the game. I mean, it's, it's just stupid. I didn't even care. Honestly, I went through them all and it's like, great, 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 great. I, don't, I just want to play the game. So I would pick random characters and I would, I would be off. And I'll say this. When you start the game, when you start the game, you have absolutely no idea what to do. It, it's, to me, it's just mind-boggling that this game is so hard to figure out. I, literally, there's so many lights, there's so many inserts, there's so many things happening on the play field. Why did they make it so complicated? There is nothing on the LCD. The, the game needs a little bit, when you pick your character, there needs to be like on the LCD an explanation of what your first shot or objective is in the game. It is not there. And you can't figure it out just by looking down at the playfield. And I, I, I literally, I don't understand why they designed a game to be such a head-scratcher to figure out from the moment you plunge. All right, now from there, you plunge the game, and the music's great. The lights are great. There are just some things that immediately will pop out at you. First and foremost, and I always notice this when I when I jump onto a Jersey Jack machine, is just the sheer size of them. They're huge. This game feels humongous next to Batman that I played earlier in the day. It's like the wide body is wide body. I mean, it, it is a much bigger play field uh, than than you know than your standard body, but it even feels bigger than some other wide bodies. Uh, and uh, you know. Take it or leave it. I'm not a huge fan of wide bodies. I actually think this game could have been uh, a, a narrow body game. But here's what's really confusing to me about Pirates of the Caribbean. Is even though it's a wide body, the actual area of play in terms of like where you're shooting the ball, it always feels like all of the action is just straight up the middle in this tiny little area. So you've got this wide body game. And most of the shots are in this tiny little like four inch window that you're trying to hit all the time. Uh, Yeah, there's like shots to the left and shots to the right. Um, But for the most part, it feels like most of the action is is, is sending you straight up the middle. Uh, and, And in terms of what is on the left and right. All right. So let's talk about the ramps in the game. So the... It does feel like, it, it, and, and again, I, I, you, you know, I like ramps. Ramps are rewarding. It's fun to hit ramps and pinball. It almost feels like they're, they're, you're playing a game without really, like, ramps. The ramps don't flow back to the flippers, really. It's really hard to hit that left ramp. Neither ramp, neither ramp in Pirates of the Caribbean can you backhand. And, and I definitely have a problem with that. When you have ramps, you can't backhand at all. It, 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 it looks like they should be backhandable, if that's a word, but, but they're not. And, and that right ramp is really, really steep. Majority of the time, the ball goes up the ramp and it comes right back down. Now, maybe you could increase the flipper power to get up there more often, but in the game I was playing, I felt like 75% of the time the ball would go up and slide right back down. So that, that's not the main issue I had with the game. The, the main issue I had, besides not knowing what to do, here's my main issue with Pirates of the Caribbean, people. Um, 
There's so many inserts in the game. And when you stand over the game, you literally can't read what is on almost any of the inserts. Okay, let me repeat that. You literally, even when you stand over the game, you've got for every arrow, like in terms of like, this is a shot, right? So every shot has like an insert arrow. And then surrounding that arrow are all of these other inserts that have writing on them that's pretty much ineligible. You can't even read it. You can't read it. And I, I just think fundamentally, when you make a pinball machine and you can't read what's on an insert, it's like, what's the point? They literally... They, it's, it's like having knobs in a car where you don't even know like what the knob is, is connected to. And that's what it feels like. It's like all these shots uh, have inserts and things lighting up, but you have no idea um, what's what and what's where. And, and I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have to study all of what, like the play field for like 10, 15 minutes before you start plunging. Because even after you know what's where, you still won't be able to read it when you're playing. You know what I'm saying? Like when I stand over Batman, I can read every insert. Um, There was a Mustang game next to it. You can read every single insert in that game. And that's that's how pinball is supposed to be. Uh, So really confused as to uh, this, you know, this small, hard to read font insert tons of you know insert sort of system they have in place on this game on why they thought that that would work uh the other thing that happens with jersey jack games is this the second you start playing it the second you start playing the game you are focused on the game and you don't even look at the lcd it's like it's got this ginormous lcd and you really don't have any time to look up and notice anything happening on the LCD. And and that's why I do believe that it's absolutely pointless that they put so much effort into what goes up on that LCD when you don't even have time to look at it. And you guys know this. When you play pinball, what happens on the screen needs to be a fraction of a second to guide you through the game. And you've got this pirate map. It's got all this information on it. It's got all these numbers. It's got all this stuff going on. It's impossible possible to follow. It really is just completely confusing. And and look, I I didn't want to play the game and I didn't want all of my skepticism to be reinforced, but and, and it it's just it it is what it is. I I they went so overboard on this game that it, it's just mind-boggling to me that nobody stood over the game and was like do we really need all these inserts? Do we really need all this confusion and all this complexity in this game? Is there a way to simplify and make this game a simple, fun pinball experience? The other thing that happens in Pirates of the Caribbean is this. And I don't know about you, but I feel like 70% of the time, you, you lose sight of the ball. You're, all the shots are happening underneath uh, you know, that upper play field on the right. And, and whenever you shoot the ball with the upper left flipper. You, the ball goes like underneath the ship. You can't even see. You can't even see where the ball goes. You can't even see you can't even see the targets you're hitting, but they're there. 
And it's just so strange to me. I, I, I don't think pinball targets and shots should be, you should have to keep hitting them blindly. And because you know what happens is this, when you have too many shots that disappear, and it also happens on the left side of the game too, so many of the shots just keep disappearing underneath mechanisms and structures. When the ball disappears, and this is just my opinion, when you lose sight of it, the shots are not rewarding because you don't see what the ball is doing. You don't see what you've done. You don't feel like you've accomplished something when the ball disappears. And I I just couldn't help but feel like, well, there's the ball and it's now it's gone. Now it's back here and it's like loop but you never get to see like the ball do in orbit. Like you never see the path of the ball. And I do think that that makes for a less rewarding experience, all right? Because it's like on some level, Pirates has so much in it. And yet I I couldn't help but walk away saying, you know, after after you see the upper play field go, after you see the, you know, the 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 whirlpool left ramp, after you lock a ball in the trunk, you you you've seen like, when you see the ball do everything. It, there's a mystery scoop. It feels like there's like one, two, there's there's like it feels like there's like four scoops in the game. The, the ball will interact with a lot of stuff. And you know me, I harp on that. Like, a, the ball needs to interact on stuff. And the ball definitely interacts with a lot on Pirates of the Caribbean. But here's the thing. And, and, and again, this is just me being me. I just fail to see what the ball interacts with that is actually, like, a wow moment. And, and I'm going to say this. Like, the game doesn't have a wow, did you see that? It, it doesn't. Let's take, for example, the upper play field. The whole point is to get uh, the ball into the cannon and then shoot the ball from the cannon from one ship to the other, okay? Okay, so when you do that, when you do that, you can't even see the ball go into the cannon. You can't even see the cannon. The cannon doesn't come out. You don't even see the ball really fly through the air the way it does like in Houdini. It's, it's like this golden opportunity to create a moment in a pirate pinball machine in which you have this cannon shot. I mean, think about how cool the cannon shot is in ACDC. Like you're firing the ball from all the way at the bottom of the play field all the way to the top to hit a target. There is nothing, nothing magical about this cannon shot in Pirates. It's like the ball is just going like four inches across, but you can't even like really see it. There's no drama to it. There's no excitement to it. I mean, imagine this scenario. Imagine if Pirates of the Caribbean had a cannon at the bottom of the play field that moved, you know, back and forth like it was swaying on a ship. Imagine if the ball locked in there and you get a cannon shot and then all of a sudden there's like an LED strip that's heading towards the cannon, almost like the fuse is lit and it's about to go off and you you have to time the shot to shoot it right when the fuse gets lit and then boom and the ball goes flying across the play field. I mean, there literally is nothing like that in this game. And so there's like a lot of mechs, a lot of stuff in there, but nothing makes you step back and say, wow. And, and, and my, I don't think I'm wrong here. Like, tell me what happens in Pirates of the Caribbean that is like, oh my God, I've never seen that before in a pinball machine. Oh my God, like, did you see what the ball did? Like, these are simple questions that I think every pinball designer needs to start answering. You need to answer the following like creative assignments. 
Do I have a shot in this game that says, oh my God, did you see what the ball just did? Do I have a shot in this, in this game that's going to make people go like, oh my God, wow, I can't believe what I just saw. Those are the fundamental building blocks of pinball creativity that I think a lot of games are lacking. And just because you're putting in a lot of stuff doesn't mean that stuff equals a, a magical occurrence. And and I think that's what, for me, this game is sort of missing. I mean, even like, you know, even like Whirlpool, like Magnets, like there's that upper play field, uh, or not upper, you know, there's that area in the upper part of the play field where the ball, like a magnet grabs it and starts firing it around targets. Like there's all these targets in that area. Like it's just overcrowded with targets and these gold targets. And I don't know, just like something about the stuff just doesn't feel like yeah, like just get, it doesn't get you going. Um, you've got the starry map thing in the back of the game that I couldn't tell you what it does. Like it looks cool. It's got all these LEDs on it. But again, there's just like a lack of cohesiveness to all of this stuff. It's just like elements from five movies dropped onto a play field, but it just doesn't, it just, I, I don't know. It just doesn't connect for me. And the biggest disconnection, it's its not really Eric's fault. The biggest disconnection for me is the coding of this machine. I, I think this game is coded in a way that makes it almost impossible to have a ton of fun on it. And and again, like I'm, I'm just saying that, like I just don't understand how they thought that this is the best way to pull people into this experience. And, and I say this as someone who spent an hour earlier in the day playing Batman and Batman is a game, you know, it takes someone one minute to tell you what to do. And, and all of a sudden you're in a mode right away. All of a sudden you're, you understand like the objective of the game. I, I, I just can't get my head around what's going on in Pirates of the Caribbean. Let me read some of my other notes about the game. Um, let's see. I said I covered this that you can't read any of the inserts. Uh, you can't follow anything happening on the screen while playing. Um, stuff happening but you don't really know why any of it is going on right it's like it's hard to really get a sense of what am i in a movie am i in a scene what is the goal of what am i what i'm doing right now i I think there's a complete inability to understand that again maybe it's because it's my first time on it um I, i think a pinball machine just needs to be far more intuitive than this game is uh, the ball does nothing that's absolutely interesting. Uh, I, I felt the ball falling off the upper play field. Because it is, I feel like the most rewarding part of the game for me is getting the ball into that upper play field. I, I think that is the most satisfying shot in the game, is, is doing that. Um, and then it, but, but here's the thing, it's like when it's up there, I just felt the way the ball falls off the right side is just like this like limp way to exit the play field. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I, I get why they had to have some sort of exit there. Or you'd probably stay up there way too long. Um, but it just sort of like rolls over and rolls off. It's like you're rolling off the side of a ship uh, into nothing, though. It's like, it, I, again, like whether it should have been like made a sound like a splashing, like that should have been like a water area, like where you're you're walking the, I don't know, you go off the ship and you you hit the water. I don't know. There's just something about the way it just like Doinks off of the side that was sort of underwhelming. Um, the left flipper, I notice this a lot, and maybe this is part of the strategy to get you into the left hole that's that opens up when you when you flip the left flipper. 
But whenever you shoot the ball off the left flipper and you're trying to shoot up the play field, it always smacks into the upper left flipper. And I just found that frustrating. I, I maybe again, like I, it's probably part of the strategy to get it in that hole. Uh, but it's really hard to sort of hit the upper center shots with the left flipper because of that deflection that happens all the time. Um, lots of lights, lots of lights I have in my nose. Like there's just lights going off all the time. It reminds me a little bit of like Star Wars where like everything is just lit up like a Christmas tree, even though I have no idea uh, why all these lights are on all the time. Um, the ramps are hard to hit. You are not going to be going up and down ramps all the time in this game. And so, and the other note I had was like literally with the third flipper, you never see what you hit. And I think I covered that. So, Look, I mean, I, I, I'm i bummed out. I, I, I left and I, I called a couple friends who are really into pinball and I was talking to them about it. And I'm like, I'm just kind of like, all the years it takes to make pinball machines, all the hard work, all the R&D that went into this game. And I, 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 I just can't say that this game is the best Jersey Jack game to date. I, I can't say that this game is worth $9,000. Like, I I just would have a hard time spending that kind of money on the game. And, and I think that with all the amount of effort and passion that I know Jersey Jack people are putting into these games, I think they're just trying too hard. And I think their inability to simplify the experience while maintaining, you know, the Jersey Jack quality and the Jersey Jack innovation that everybody loves. I think this game is the epitome of just putting too much in and not really having a cohesive idea for what this game was going to be. And it felt like, you know, and, and, and you can tell it from the very beginning when you have 22 characters to select from, things are already out of control from the very beginning. And they had a lot of ambitions for this game. And you can tell, like, a lot of the game was probably built around those concentric three rings. And I don't care what anyone says, like, now that area is just not interesting. I mean, the ball moves over it, but there's absolutely nothing interesting about about watching that disc spin. Um, there's nothing really interesting about how the ball locks in the game. The trunk doesn't open and spit them out. The the uh, you know the way the ball locks in Aerosmith is ten times more exciting to watch than the way a ball locks in Pirates of the Caribbean. In fact, they probably should have had a cannon shot be what locks your ball, and that would have been fun. Uh, the ability to maybe lock, you know, I don't know. You could have had like two shots from the cannon, lock two at once. I don't know. They're just, I always feel like ball lock moments should be some of the most rewarding shots in pinball. And it, it's just like an, a, a, a non-dramatic shot up the middle. And and I'm really, I don't know, I'm just bummed out. Like I'm bummed out because I know these guys put their heart and soul into these games. And, and I don't want to not like new pinball machines. I don't want to feel like games are missing the mark. I don't want to feel like games are underwhelming. But I also don't want you guys to go out there and spend a lot of money on machines that I think are just missing the mark. And I think there's so many pinball options out there in the world right now that I, you, I think you'd really 
struggle to say that this game is a better experience and more fun than some of the recent pinball machines that are also available for less money. And for the amount of money Jersey Jack is charging and for the amount of time they put into each release, I do expect more from them. And my expectations of Jersey Jack Pinball are really high. And I think they should be high because now they've had four games to get it right. They've had four games to figure this thing out. And I, and I still think they're struggling to do it. I think Keith needs to be sat down and I think he needs to calm down. I, th- I, I think Jack needs to figure out who the creative designer is over at Jersey Jack Pinball. And what I mean by that is this. Eric is an engineer. Eric designed the engineering of this game. Keith is the coder. But who had the vision for this game? Like who said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to put this many inserts into the game. We're going to make 22 characters selectable. We're going to have it be this, 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 this. We're going to have an LCD. Like it looks like a cell. I didn't even talk about the cell phone that is in front of the lockdown bar. I mean, what is that thing? Like, why is that even there? Like, there's like all these things just thrown into it. And it, to me, this is the most um, over-the-top, overproduced, so many elements that just don't add up to having an, to making the, a, a, an amazing pinball experience. I mean, literally, I, I would I, 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 this game to me just misses the mark on that front, and 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 it sucks. It sucks. It's like all they had all these things, and they just couldn't arrange it the right way, and they just didn't know what to take out. They put too much in, and because of that. I, I think it, it, it reminds me of what happens when you have too many ideas that make it into an idea. And and what I mean by that is this. The best executions, the best ideas, the best pinball machines, the best movies, the best anything, the best cars, they have a, 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 you know, they have a very easy to understand vision. And the vision is executed flawlessly. And only what is needed is inside the movie or the car and it and it just all works together. You know, there there's no unnecessary scenes, there's no unnecessary knobs. You know, to me this game feels like they wanted to make a car with six wheels, not four. Let's put six in and six will be better because we've got six wheels instead of four and everyone's going to want to have a six-wheel car. You know, you've got this big LCD. You've got you know, you've got the the LCD screen on by the apron. You've got the 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 apron button you got to press to collect gold. You've got all this stuff going on, and it's a pinball machine. It's a pinball machine. I mean, I look at Deadpool, and I can tell you right away what to do, how to lock the ball. I can I I can explain like what the mission of the game is. You're Deadpool and you're battling the villains and here's how you battle the villains and here's how you team up to battle the villains and it's it's like it's all right there. It's all right there. Um, and that is that is my review of Pirates of the Caribbean. I think Jersey Jack Pinball needs to, you know, they need to get someone who understands pinball. And, and by that, I, I think their answer is Pat Lawler. I, you know, I still think dialed in is their best machine to date. I think Pat Lawler, you know, sold Jack his game. This isn't like a 
created inside the walls of Jersey Jack Pinball. This was a, a game that Pat designed, uh, but Jack made the fatal mistake of letting Pat make dialed in, like just probably one of the strangest pinball themes you could ever do. So that's my review, is that Jersey Jack as a company just has the ability to get there, but they're just trying to do too much. And it all just it all just feels like lots of ideas put into a blender, dropped onto a wide body, and it doesn't equal to me uh, an incredible pinball experience. And if you disagree, that's fine. If you enjoy the game, that's fine. Uh, I just think you know people will walk up to a total nuclear annihilation knowing how to blow up the reactors and will just have more fun because they know what to do in the machine. I mean, it's got absolutely nothing that Pirates has in it. And yet, because it's you understand what you're doing, it's actually probably more fun. And I think Jack needs to reset. And I hope, I hope to God that Wonka and Toy Story and possibly Guns N' Roses, I hope that they are learning how to, you know, they need to call a meeting and say, well, guys, what are we doing? Like, why Why aren't these games blowing people away? Why aren't these games... Look at what Stern's doing successfully. Let's look at the games out there that have sold well over the last couple of years. Why are they doing so well? What are the elements that are making these games so popular? And how do we make our games like that just a few notches better in different areas and will be a very successful pinball company? You know, the other part about it is this. And this is the same problem that Andrew Highway had. It for some reason, when these new companies come out, they try something or they bring something new to pinball, like the big LCD screen on the back of a Jersey Jack machine. It's too big. You can't look at that much screen when you play pinball. The Stern LCD is the right size, okay? It just is. I feel like Houdini is like the right size. There's only a certain line of sight that you can actually absorb the information. And once you go too high or too much info, because remember, the Jersey Jack, it it covers almost all the way to the ends of the back box. So you've got so much real estate. It's literally, it it looks, I'm looking at my Batman right now. It's almost like four times the, the size of a stern LCD in terms of, you know, total real estate and you're filling it with stuff you're asking people to look at and i just think it's too big and so but here's the problem i want to say is is you implement this thing and it might not be the best it might not be the best way to make the pinball fun but because it's your signature thing you won't change it you know you just keep doing it and that's also why i think a lot of these companies they keep making the same mistakes over and over again and they don't learn from them from their mistakes, and they stubbornly won't move away from some of these core decisions about how they'll design their games. The other thing is just continuing to make wide bodies. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why they think wide bodies are the games people want. I know that Jack saw that people wanted Twilight Zones and Indiana Jones and other wide bodies from back in the day, but the, the decision to keep making wide bodies, I think, is, is, is a bad business decision, and people like standard body games more. They're more fun. The shots are closer together. It's easier to get flow. It's just, I think it's a more enjoyable experience. 
they take up much less room. They're lighter. It's like there's nothing but benefits. And again, I, you know, I look at all this stuff that's in Pirates, and I actually feel like there's more shots for me to hit in my standard body Batman. Like there's more rewarding shots to hit that I can see I'm hitting than there is in this big wide body machine. And you, know, you get the, get to that area down by all the there's like it feels like there's like three lanes going into each flipper, and it's just so confusing. <laughs> I just literally it's like it's like they had to make it so wide so they could spell out pirate with the inserts. But it's just overkill. It's just all overkill. All right. I'm going to stop rambling. You can tell I'm not a fan of of the final package. And I'm not saying this. Look, I'm not saying this is like I, I personally have a lot of respect for what Eric did with this game. Um, I, you know, I think they, from an engineering standpoint, they put a lot of interesting stuff into it. But I do think they need they need to call timeout over at JJP. They they need to. They desperately need to. They're 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 not making games that are more fun than Stern Machines. I'm sorry. Uh, they're not. And they should be because they know how to do it. It can be done. Uh, it's just it's it's just how I feel, all right? All right. Is there anything else going on in the pinball world I want to cover? You know, let me do this. Let me just upload this as my Pirates of the Caribbean review and then I'll go over... You know what? No. I'm going to give you guys a Labor Day weekend special. I'm going to go over some other quick notes about what's happening in the pinball hobby. And then I'm going to upload this. So, let's talk about... Um, let me get my notes. Um, Chicago Gaming Company. They have allowed people to come in and play Monster Bash under NDA. Uh, and we've heard unanimously the game plays great, the game looks great, the game has great flow, um, there's a, a, a nice topper. Uh, we haven't heard too much other than this. Uh, this game is going to, I think it's going to do super well for Chicago Gaming Company. There's three uh, monster themed games coming out at the exact same time, and I'm going to tell you who I think is going to come out on top and who I actually think is going to struggle. Um, Stern Pinball, the Munster's artwork is out there. We've all seen it. It's leaked. Uh, I did not leak it. Uh, everyone blames me for everything. I did not. Um, I, I have not been working with Zach over at Stern to sort of create this elaborate leak program that was supposed to take the thunder out of Monster Bash Remake. I'll tell you this. I had uh, someone had sent me images of the game. I shared those with a few people, and some of those people decided to put some stuff up. It seems it seems like they've been yanked down. Um, all we've seen is the cabinet artwork. It looks great. Christopher Franchi doing monsters is a very good thing. Nobody knows what the game looks like. All we know is what the box might look like. But also, those are renderings. If you think you're going to get a brass coin door from Stern Pinball. I think you are out of your mind. Uh, there is a new Batman code out, 0.94. I downloaded it. I've been playing it all day. It is awesome. I love the fact that there are new mini villain modes. Uh, the tut modes are awesome. Batman is just shaping up to be one of the greatest games ever. I'm not just saying it because I own it. But it's like you can jump on as a casual player and have fun. And if you want to go deep, Lyman made it deep. But here's the thing about all of it. It's so easy to understand what to do. So simple. 
So very simple. Uh, there's a new wizard mode. It's the holy Batman mode from Robin, where Robin just keeps saying, like, holy this, holy that. Uh, you can select that instead of Batuzi mode. So that is awesome. Uh, I can't wait. I haven't. I tried all day to get there. It's really hard. This is why pinball should be hard in terms of getting through the modes and and stacking things to get to wizard modes. But understanding how to do that should be pretty goddamn simple. You have to uh, finish all three minor villains, and then you can start that mode. And I've got to two, and then I drain. Um, there's a great interview with George Gomez on Head to Head Pinball, uh, where George talks a lot about Deadpool and Munster's art leaking. And something he said that was interesting is that Stern has 98% of the pinball market, which always ticks people off because we all know that Stern does not have 98% of the pinball market. Now, what Stern does have is this. If you, the real question to ask is not how much of the market does Stern have, it's who actually makes a profit in the pinball business. So if you were to say who makes a profit in pinball, you've got Stern. We all know that Jersey Jack is not making a profit. No way. And they're, they're so in the red from all the delays and, and the lackluster sales of titles that took forever to get out. There's no way they're in the green. Um, American Pinball, no way they're making a profit on Houdini. There's just no way. They put so much into it. The other reason why American Pinball is not profiting or, you know, in, in total profit, like all all the money that Duvall spent to date and what they've made is because they sunk hundreds of thousands of dollars into Magic Girl. And, and that just, oh, that's got to burn them. So And not just Magic Girl. They paid for John to start making Houdini. Let's not forget that. So there's that. Um, Chicago Gaming Company, I think they've made a profit. They've had some delays. They, but they also have like a lot of like downtime where like not nothing's on the line probably. So will that eat away at their profit? Spooky has made a profit, but not much. We know that the margins are razor thin with Spooky. Um, for some reason, Charlie loves to think if he keeps the price low, he's doing good for pinball. Uh, hopefully by now, Charlie realizes that Stern doesn't give a shit about him. Uh, they wear the, you know, when they were wearing the Godzilla t shirt during the dead flip stream come on charlie they're doing that as a fuck you you know they're making fun of you man like the fact that you offer to help make their godzilla with them you you got to realize stern wants you out of business and they will put you out of business unless you make a game as good as like a stern pro i mean it's just that's just the reality uh, of what's happening in pinball like the these companies are not friends I, even though charlie thinks everyone should just get along and share secrets and help each other make games i mean it's 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 insane um all right so like at the end of the day you know dutch is dead highway's dead p3 is not making profit like it's really just stern and spooky and cgc that are actually probably making money but the only one making millions of dollars is stern pinball so in terms of profitability, they'd make probably 98% of the real pinball profit in the world. Uh, Deadpools are going out. There's new code update. Uh, mostly the pros are going out. On September 5th, Jack Danger uh, over at Deadflip will be streaming the premium version or LE version of Deadpool. So that's exciting. Uh, I gave a huge review about Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm not going to talk about JJP. They're on the line. Production is happening. Uh, you, you know, I don't think the collector's editions are going to sell out of this game. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how this game is going to do coming out in September of 2018. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see what other people's reaction to the game is when they get hands-on time. All right, Highway Pinball. 
Look, there's not a lot of news in Highway other than I think it is great to watch the people who own Alien help each other out. If there's one thing that's awesome about this hobby, it's just the camaraderie that exists. The fact that like these 150 people are in a thread helping to remake plastics that'll break, trying to figure out the Xeno head, trying to keep these games alive, I, I think is, is, is amazing. And, and I think it, it speaks to the reason why a lot of us love this hobby is that kind of selfless behavior where you don't want to see the guy next to you who has the same machine. You don't want him, him to be frustrated or be in pain or see his machine go down. And if you have something that you might be able to do to help him, you'll do it. Like, it's really cool when people are, like, making LEDs for people and remaking the plastics and, and trying to figure out, like, new servo motors for the Xenohead so that everyone's game works properly. I mean, these guys are actually probably going to figure out more than Andrew Highway could figure out. Uh, and he had years to get it right. All right, what else is going on? Spooky Pinball. Uh, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle continues to like sluggishly come out. And I'm not sure what's taking so long. I'm not, I'm not sure why Charlie can't just get this game out uh, faster. But they're coming, and they're coming soon. Don't worry. No one is not going to get their game. I do think hype on this game is kind of peaked and declining rapidly. And here's why. It's simple. It's because of Monsters and Monster Bash Remake. If you think that uh, people are not are gonna buy the best mo- monster game. They're going to. They're gonna. Not, why would you're gonna have to choose between Monster Bash Remake, which we know is one of the greatest pinball machines of all time, the Monsters, which we know is gonna be one of the coolest probably pinball machines Stern puts out in a while. It's gonna look fantastic. We know that, and it's got John Borg on design. So who do you think is gonna design a better shooting game, John Borg or Charlie Emery? All right, right. Come on. And the thing with the thing with, with Alice Cooper that I think is going to continue to hurt it, I just think the design, I think the geometry, I think, you know, those tight shots, uh, you know, everyone's like, tight but makeable. Come on. At the end of the day, we all know the game probably needed more design polish. And I still think that, you know, because of that, it doesn't matter what they do with the code. If the shots are frustrating and if the game is not rewarding to shoot, uh, there's only so much you can do with code. It really, and you got to get the geometry right in pinball. It, it's really, I, it, it boggles my mind that people make white woods and call it a day before the game is smooth as butter. A game should be smooth as butter. A ball should not keep breaking back. You make the game tough because of the amount of shots and combos you have to hit, but don't make the opening to a shot too tough. I think that is the dumbest design decision in any pinball machine that decides to do that. Uh, take Batman, for example. The, the, the hardest shot in the game, and it's not impossible, it's off, it's off the very tip of the left flipper is the right orbit. And it's a really important shot because it's how you lock your ball. But the other shots in the game are all easy to make. But the game is still really, really, really hard to get to the wizard modes because of all the different types of shots you have to hit. And that that's the thing. It's like shots that are smooth still don't e- mean a game's easy or that the ball times are long. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. And I just think they made the shots too tight. All right. But here's my proof in that. Remember when I said last time that someone was selling their Alice Cooper spots? There was like spot number 66 and then a, a later spot. And the guy who was selling spot number 66... He wanted $1,200 for his spot, right? So you could basically get a very early build. Nobody bought it. Nobody wanted it. And now he's like, you can just have it for a grand. And there's still nobody buying it. 
So that to me shows that nobody knew wants in on Alice Cooper because why wouldn't you just go buy spot number 66? I think people are waiting. I think they're waiting to see what Monster Bash is like, and I think they're waiting to see what Munsters is like. And I I feel bad for people that are committed to a $1,000 non-refundable deposit when they've never played this game. I think that was a dumb move if you did that. All right, American Pinball. Uh, there was a funny thread where a guy who ordered Houdini uh, got his order canceled by Wayne. Wayne is a really outspoken, strident. I don't. He, he, these Aussie guys, they don't give a fuck about anybody or anything. Like they'll treat you like shit and brag about how they treated you like shit. Like I really don't get it. I'm starting to think that the Australian culture really accepts rudeness on a level that is uh, very unflattering. And I, I always felt like Americans were loud, brash, and rude. But Australians, man, they'll just, like, fucking treat you like shit and not care. It's, it's kind of crazy. And, and, and I think about Mike and Wayne. Those two guys, they really deserve each other. They Just put them in a cage match, and let's just end it all. Uh, anything else going on in pinball? Yes, there was a email uh, from Dutch Pinball to its customers in which they basically said... We had a meeting with ARA lawyers. Uh, they have asked us to meet again, and we're op- like we're optimistic about this. And and here's the funny part: they said the lawyers are expecting to meet again in two to three weeks. And and this to, for some reason Barry and Yap are now trying to get people to get excited about talking to ARA again. And and I literally. When I saw this note, I, I, I look, I want you guys to get your big Lebowski machines. You deserve them. You paid for them. How effing stupid, though. It was two years ago. It was August of 2016 uh, when, these, when these dingbats uh, broke away from ARA and literally said, you know, we're not paying them. Or, or I think it was August when they first lied about the board issue. We didn't find out until winter that that was a lie and that they just didn't want to pay ARA. So here's the thing. Where's the money going to come from to ink a deal with ARA? Where's the money going to come from to pay ARA for the games that are already made? What about all the money they they sunk into that Chinese manufacturer that was supposed to make the games, all the months of, of tooling that company up. So so I, I would just love it. You know, Dutch tries to work it out with ARA. Then they're probably going to get sued by like Zytec or whatever those guys' name was. Because think about all the money those guys invested in. Now they have nothing to do with the game and they're not going to be able to make it. The whole thing is just a steaming pile of shit. And I, I look, it's whatever. You, you, if you're if you're in on the game, there's nothing you can do but cross your fingers and hope that stuff works out. But I just think financially, there's no way these guys are ever going to figure it out. All right, 50 minutes in without an interview. I know this is the big bad podcast where Canada can't get interviews. It's not true. I just have been super busy at work. The reason why we haven't had a podcast in over a week is work has just taken over my life. Between work, between the fact that I'm getting married soon, uh, between the fact that uh, I've been waking up every day. I wake up every day at 6 a.m. and I go to the gym and I work out and then I feed Bubba and then I walk Bubba and then I have a decision to make. Do I do an early morning pinball podcast or do I go to work and get ahead of my work so I can leave early and I or leave on time at least, right? And I, I've decided 
to put my career in front of pinball. I've also noticed something over the past like week. It's, it's fun to be busy. It's fun to be busy with projects. Pinball is just pinball. And, you know, I hope people don't take my Pirates of the Caribbean review too negatively. I, I look literally, I, I do love pinball. I think, you know, it's a toy. You'll have fun. Is it worth $9,000? I don't think so. I think Jersey Jack could have done better. I am someone who uh, expects a lot of the entertainment I engage with. And that that's fine. You know, I, I, I think that's what makes the world go round. You're probably going to see some people review Pirates of the Caribbean who love it. And that's great. And they'll upload videos about why they love it. And that's great. We don't all have to like everything. And, you know, but over the last, like, week and a half... You know, I haven't really had time to go on Pinside and read a lot of what's going on. Uh, you know, I missed out on a lot of the drama that was happening in some threads. And, you know, I just want to say that I think it's healthier to not spend too much time reading Pinside and getting caught up in all that stuff. And, and I think This Week in Pinball is a great source for just catching up on the latest news. Uh, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of pinball podcasts out there now. Dare I say there's almost too many of them. It's and I'll say this too. I'm going to be honest with with everyone. It's it's just it isn't as much fun doing a pinball podcast when there's like 30 of them. Everyone gets interviewed five times. Everyone is like everywhere. Everyone's saying the same thing. Everyone is uh picking up a mic and I, it just feels like there's such an oversaturation in everything related to pinball right now. It's like there's too many games and I don't think most of them are great. There's too many podcasts and I don't think most of them are good either. Uh there there's just too much chatter about something that probably isn't worth that much of your time, all right? All right. Something else I want to announce at the end of this podcast that probably means more uh, than anything pinball related. And I want to announce that this podcast will be donating uh, some money to a very important cause for every listen that we get. And I hope you guys, when you listen to this podcast, you put everything I said about pinball machines and pirates and put it all with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I want to donate 10 cents uh, to every listen that I get for this podcast to uh, research around cervical cancer. And the reason why I want to do that is uh, a, 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 a very good friend of the show, Eddie Kramer, his wife, Dahlia, has been battling a rare form of cervical cancer for a while. And, and I followed her journey on Facebook, and she is an incredible fighter. And she's been someone who has been battling something that hit her unexpectedly, hit her hard, and she's done everything she could possibly do to try and, and win her battle with cancer. And from recent posts, it, it sounds like she's beginning to lose that battle. And, and I don't know if you guys have ever had anybody who's battled cancer. Uh, I've had multiple people in my life. Uh, my, my aunt, who I loved like a, like a second mother. And I've watched people go through it. And it is, it, is, it is very tough to watch someone you love go through it. And it is such an important thing that we eventually find a cure for something that takes far too many people from us far too soon. And that is why you know, I, I, I literally encourage everybody to take care of your health to get your life in order, to get your priorities in order in life because you never know 
when our life will be taken from us. And, and I hope all of you, many, many years of, of health and happiness and the ability to complain and, or enjoy pinball machines. Um, but for Dahlia, who I've met many times, and I've been over to Eddie's house many times, and she's a wonderful human being. And so for every listen I get, I will donate uh, 10 cents to cervical cancer research. And I hope that you listen to the show. I hope that you share this show with people. And I hope that you say a prayer for Dahlia and for Eddie and keep them in your thoughts because uh, they're, in, they're an amazing, amazing member of this community. And Eddie is probably one of the most humble, soft-spoken, genuine souls I've ever met. And if you know Eddie Kramer, you know what I'm talking about. He is as unpretentious and as talented as anyone I've ever seen work on a pinball machine. And I know this is hitting their family hard. And I just want to say, Eddie, our, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are, go to you and your family. And, and you know, we're, we're going to do our part in, in, in hoping to, you know, to one day beat this fucking thing because I hate it. I, 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 you think I don't like pinball machines. There's nothing I can't stand more than, than cancer and what it's done to people I love at, at ages that are way too early. So sorry for a little bit of a, 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 a somber ending to the show. But, but again, again, everybody, hug the people you love. Enjoy your pinball machines. Don't take anything we say on this show too personal. It's pinball. You know, buy the game you like. Don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. If, if you think that WWE is the greatest game ever and you're loving it, you're having more fun than anyone else, right? Then all the people who go on and complain about pinball on Pinside every day, just have fun. Every day we have above ground is, is, a, is a good day. Every day somebody tells you that they love you is a good day, all right? Every day you have a job you enjoy is a good day. Every day you can still see the sky is blue or hear your favorite song is a good day, all right? And I say that sincerely because I think a lot of times, you know, we have a tendency to like sling a lot of mud at each other and, and hate on each other. And people say a lot of negative things about me. But look, I, I, I care about each and every one of you. I do. E- even Hilton. I hope he lives to be 200 years old and we can be two old men arguing about pinball machines. I mean, there's a lot more important stuff in life than the stupid stuff we talk about in the pinball world. All right, everyone, have an amazing Labor Day weekend. Everyone, enjoy your time off. Don't work at all. It's, it's why it's called Labor Day weekend. Uh, and we'll be back real soon with more episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'll talk to everyone real soon. 